BakerBots LLP provides podcasts for educational purposes only. They are not legal advice. This communication may constitute attorney advertising. Welcome to the Environmental Evolutions Podcast, where we explore the changing landscape of environmental law and policy. I'm your host, Megan Burge, coming to you, as always, from my closet in Joshua Tree, California. In today's episode, we are going to discuss current events related to the intersection between climate concerns and companies' Security and Exchange Commission, SEC, obligations. Joining me today is our own Bridget Moore. Bridget is the firm-wide co-chair of our litigation department and specializes in SEC enforcement, defense, and compliance. Thank you for joining me today, Bridget. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Bridget, it just occurred to me that your practice may be one of the only ones where people are less excited to need to call you, but I'm going to leave that aside for a moment. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, My jealousy of the corporate department continues to this day and all their happy good news deals, but We should probably get started, and I thought we might start with the recent events that spurred my relentless campaign to recruit you for this episode, which was President Biden's executive order on climate-related financial risks. And just for level set for folks, President Biden signed the EO on May 20th to, and this is a quote, advance consistent, clear, intelligible, comparable, and accurate disclosures of climate-related financial risk, end quote. The order reflects the administration's whole-of-government approach and directs numerous agencies to take actions. And we're talking everyone from the Secretary of the Agriculture to the Treasury Secretary and the Secretary of Labor. But all of the directions share a common thread. The integration and increased transparency of climate-related risks in financial disclosures. Which brings us to why I invited Bridget (laughs) to join us today. All right, Bridget. So with that level set, where should we start? Um, let's start by looking, um, discussing the executive order uh, just, a, just a little bit more in a little bit more detail because I think it really is this administration's call to action. It's a, it's a reset and it really calls upon every part of the government to take a step back and look at how the, to evaluate cl- climate-related financial risk. So it's really you know, the, the beginning of, what this administration is going to um, focus on, and uh, it's such a it's such a big undertaking. A little bit of a you got to start somewhere. Um, and well, so I am going to pause dis- you there just for one second because it sounds like what you're saying is this is really the start of the process to set the table for actions that will come over the next couple of years. That's that's absolutely right, and it's interesting because just reading the executive order. It is it's kind of like, where do you even start? So it's, it's really kind of very broad, right? So it's, it's the government themselves has to look at what they're doing. And then it also has to look at, you know, what they're doing externally in terms of, of the services that provide um, its citizens. Well, with that, Bridget, I want to transition over to what I would call your house, which is the SEC. What does this mean for the SEC? Well, this is, um, it's, it's interesting. So the SEC has been making um, headlines in this space prior to this the executive order coming out. 
Um, and in fact, um, this Allison Lee, who was the FEC acting chair before Gensler um, was confirmed, um, really, you know, in, in the early part of, of 2021, really started uh, getting out there and 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 um, and putting forth the FEC's path essentially towards um, a more focused ESG initiative. It's very timely. Um, social justice issues are the forefront of the boardrooms. Shareholders are demanding that companies report on on issues like um, climate change, diversity, income equality, um, and you know I think that Allison Lee herself um, would would say that the SEC was was slow to confront climate change, but I think that there is is a lot of runway in terms of what the SEC can do um, to provide guidance. Um, to the companies that are required to report um, pursuant to their rules and regulations um, to to provide the investing public with you know what they're looking for in terms of climate change disclosures and other um, ESG related issues. I have to stop you there. When you say Gensler, who is Gensler? Ah, uh, sorry. I you know this this is my world, so I um, you know I just assume everybody knows who Gensler is. Yeah, he's the Madonna Gary... of the SEC world, apparently. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, Gary Gensler, he's the newly appointed chair of the SEC. Well, I actually want to back up a step to something you just said, which is that they were really laying out what a focused path looks like on ESG. What is a focused path for the SEC on ESG? So in my in my opinion, a more focused path would be actual um, guidance around what is required to be disclosed. Um, you know, the Division of Corporate Finance had, had put out some, some guidance in, in, um, in 2010, um, guidance with respect to uh, climate change and, and what is required to, be dis required to be disclosed under regulation, what's called Regulation SK. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't, it, it, it was kind of a too, too general for, for what we're seeing today, right? It, it was kind of legal proceedings and, and things like that. Um, certainly it's not satisfying, um, uh, Commissioner Lee. So, um, and, 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 and investors too, some investors. So I, I think, uh, I think a, a, a path would include something that companies can look to. Um, as what is actually required uh, versus what's out there now. So I, I'm hoping that that path gets us a, a, um, some clear insight into, um, you know, to, to, the, to the exact um, disclosure requirements. Now, that's, that's not going to be easy, but I think at this point, you know, it's, it's um, a situation where it's just such a hot button issue. Um, client, you know, the, our clients are wanting to do the right thing and, and we just need a little, a little help in terms of like, uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, let's get back to the EO. Um, what divisions within the SEC are going to be impacted by the administration's action? Starting with, you know, the, the whole the whole premise of the discussion today, which is disclosure, which puts us into the division of corporate finance, um, which is is responsible for for the for disclosures um, and they review disclosures and and all that. So. Um, getting back again to kind of what, um, in the early part of the year, what um, Acting Chair Lee and Acting Chair Lee um, put into place um, this request for, for public input 
um, with respect to the commission's disclosure rules and guidance as they apply to, to climate change disclosures, um, including, you know, whether the, the guidance should be modified. Again, there's this, this 2010 um, guidance to the extent that your listeners want, want to look it up, quick Google search. Um, you know, how no, no, be modified. no, Bridget, I'm going to put it in the episode notes. No need for Googling. Okay. There you go. Okay, list. good, good, good. <laughs> um, so I should have known you had that covered. So, you know, and, and how, how it should be modified, um, and just how best the commission, um, can, can, um, regulate climate change disclosures. Um, they're getting some decent input when I, you know, at, at the beginning of it, it was, um, it, the, the comments were slow to come in, but it's, but certainly they're, they're coming in fast and furious now. Um, and, and so that, that is, and that is to the extent that, that a rule or regulation is, is going to be modified or, or even guidance, um, you know, they, the SEC will put out requests for, for public comment. Um, and people usually take them up on it and they're doing that here too. Um, and then, you know, from that, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if the, the, the guidance is, is modified, which I'm, confident that it, it will be. Um, and, you know, we'll see um, within this, the, you know, regulation SK and, and the disclosures that are required, um, you know, what, what specific um, line items might be required. And again, it's going to be very interesting to see because of, of you know, how, how do you measure um, success in this area? Um, but certainly the Division of Corporate Finance will, will take the laboring or on that. All right, so we covered corporate finance. Are there any other divisions we should talk about? Um, absolutely. We should talk about the, the division of enforcement. Um, and the division of enforcement. I'm shocked, Bridget, um, shocked that we're talking about enforcement. <laughs> People, the, the division that, that um, strikes fear in, 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 in many um, people's hearts, um, they too will be, be looking at um, ESG and disclosures. Um, you know, I have to say um, that it's going to be interesting to see uh, what enforcement might look like, um, if any enforcement, prior to, with respect to um, disclosures, um, prior to more guidance in this area. Um, I think that you'd have to have something pretty egregious, you know, a, a company that, that's just making, you know, um, just making um, maybe representations that are you know, material and just absolutely false potentially in this area. But, you know, I, that would be an outlier, um, you know, to, to the extent that you have a company that is, you know, disclosing, doing the best they can under the guidance that's out there right now. You know, I'm hard pressed to think that enforcement is going to start picking at that again until um, there's more uh, guidance out there. Um, you know, the, the uh, then acting chair Lee, um, and I, I should add that, you know, Gensler, all signs point to the fact that he, he too, is, is interested in this area and is not going to undo all the work that she, that she did. Um, you know, they, there, when she was, um, when she was coming out with the initiatives in this area, certainly um, the, the Division of Enforcement was part of it. Um, and there was, there was comments that, you know, there, there will be some review of disclosures that are out there right now. But again, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, you know, if, if there's just kind of a pause there until there's some, some more guidance to actually compare the, um, the disclosures again. So, Bridget, it sounds like, if I'm hearing you right, that 
really enforcement's not going to be front and center per se this year, but that the regulations and the rulemakings you talked about at the start of the podcast are going to be game changers and that companies really need to be paying close attention when those come out to ensure that they don't run into enforcement issues. That's exactly right. You know, um, I think that right now what the stated, um, you know, what, what enforcement is, is, is responsible for is to, they're supposed to develop initiatives to proactively identify ESG related misconduct um, and to mine and assess information across registrants to identify potential violations. So I have no doubt they're attempting to do that. But to your point, Megan, I, I think that you know, this idea that they're going to identify, quote unquote, material gaps or misstatements and disclosures, it's going to be, unless they are, you know, it, it's kind of an outlier, right? I mean, it, we're, we're sitting here talking about companies that are, you know, looking to disclose this type of information. You're right. I mean, I think that they're going to have to actually have um, something to, um, you know, to, to, to look at, look at the disclosures that are out there against the, the guidance that is given by the SEC to determine if there are these gaps. So you're exactly right. I think that, you know, it, it'll be a while before we, we see that um, with respect to, um, with respect to disclosures. Well, let's take a little bit of a deeper dive here because not all companies are the same, right? Are investment companies and infrastructure companies, just an example, similarly situated here? Um, no, it's a great question, Megan. Um, no, is the answer. Um, and an area where enforcement can actually make its make its mark, if you will, um, earlier rather than later, um, is in those those entities that are um, subject to OC, the Office of Compliance Inspection Examinations within the SEC. Um, part of their priorities this year um, are to to look at um, disclosures um, around um, ESG investing. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, there is, um, you know, there there is a there is a, a significant number of individuals who are interested in investing in products um, that uh, have some level of ESG involvement. And so, there is an area where, you know, to the extent that a group um, is marketing um, a product related to ESG investing. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, that product doesn't meet, um, you know, the, the, um, meet exactly how it's marketed. Um, it's not ESG at all. You know, I'm sure it'll run the, run the whole spectrum. Um, that I think, you know, is, is where you could see immediate, um, enforcement in that area because, you know, that is just a, that is just a plain and simple, um, you know, you say it's this, but it's not. And, you know, that is just, that is, that is kind of the bread and butter of, of enforcement. As we're getting close to the end of our time here today, but before I let you go, what should companies be watching for as the EO is implemented or um, acting chairman's lead, you know, that pathway is carved out? What should they be watching for? Yeah, I, they, they should be watching for, you know, what their, what their peers are doing. Um, they should be watching for, um, you know, the the comment letters that are coming in. They're always they're always kind of um, interesting to read, and and you know could could provide insight into what what people really want to see. Um, the SEC has been um, really good about getting out their position quickly on on these types of disclosures. There's actually a, a page 
um, a resource page um, on the FCC's website specifically devoted to this topic. Um, and so I, I think that the the information from the FCC will will be coming, um, I think, by all accounts, um, um, quickly. Um, and and so I think they, people need to keep an eye on that. And, and certainly, kind of keeping um, keeping an eye on or an ear to the ground with respect to what you know what what their shareholders um, you know are are interested in in, in understanding. Um, what they're interested in the company speaking to, you know, that goes beyond disclosures, um, technical disclosures, right? In in um, in in the in your ten Ks and your ten Qs, and um, but but what the what they would want the company to take a position on, um, you know, and just keeping your eye on all those types of things, I think will be will be helpful as we get through this this uncertain time, particularly with respect to our regulators, um, and and what is required. Um, to be disclosed, and, and you know, we'll, we'll hopefully have some more clarity. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners, I do hope you will come back on the podcast once the rulemaking process gets underway. Absolutely. I look forward to it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all for today's episode. Bridget, I know your schedule is bananas. Thank you so much for taking time to join me today. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Links to the materials to the discussed in today's show, including the executive order, are available in the episode notes, as well as Bridget's contact information. Please do not hesitate to reach out to her if you have questions or concerns about climate-related disclosure requirements. I'm Megan Burge. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for listening to this BakerBots podcast. For more information on BakerBots practices, please visit us at bakerbots.com. For over 180 years, through 13 offices in nine countries, BakerBots has the experience, knowledge, and people to solve our clients' most significant legal issues. This presentation is provided by BakerBots LLP for educational and informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. Under the rules of certain jurisdictions, this communication may constitute attorney advertising.